we find ourselves in the 11th chapter of Hebrews. And we are uh, uh, coming into, of uh, uh, course, that we've talked about this uh, quite often about this is the faith chapter because uh, it uh, talks about by faith, by faith. And it gives illustrations of those who exercise faith. We now uh, come tonight, we're going to find ourselves in the 23rd verse, and we're going to go through verse number 29. But in chapter 11, uh, verse number 23 through 29, we're now introduced to a man by the name of Moses. Now, we know quite a bit about Moses. Moses is spoken of uh, quite often in the Scripture. But here we see that uh, he is referred to and he talks about how he was an example of faith. In verse number 23, the Bible says this. It says, by faith, Moses, uh, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw that he was a proper child. Now, that word proper, you might have a different translation, but they understood that when Moses was born, Moses was something very special. Joseph, uh, Moses was, uh, 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 they felt like he was a gift from the Lord. By the way, while we're talking about that, every child that is born is a precious gift from the Lord. All of our children are very special. And is it not a shame that we live in a nation where not everyone thinks that? We understand that we're living not only in a nation, but a world where we do not look as children as gifts, but sometimes we look at them as burdens and problems and something that we can just go ahead and get rid of. My dear friends, we're going to understand that everyone that had an involvement in getting rid of a young child, a child not even born, but if they had any responsibility for going ahead and killing that baby, they will answer for a holy, just God and judgment will fall upon them. And so it says that they were, uh, and, and they, were not, uh, they were not afraid. His parents were not afraid of the king's uh, commandment. Now we're going to look a little bit later on what that commandment was. And then in verse 24, it says, By faith, Moses, when he was uh, come uh, to years, now he has grown up, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. And choosing rather to suffer afflictions with the, uh, with the people of God. So we understand that Moses, uh, he, Pharaoh's uh, daughter, found him. She was raising him. He had an opportunity to go. He could have had anything that he wanted. He could have had a very easy life. But because of his faith, he chose to suffer along with the other people uh, that he called his family. And now while we're stopping on that, we need to realize that if we have a member of this body that is suffering, we all suffer with them. 
We need to understand that because we're the body of Christ and because we're one, if you will, that when we have rejoicing, we all rejoice together. But we need to understand tonight there are many within the family, many of our members who are hurting, who who are going through very difficult times. And it's our responsibility to rally around them, encourage them, and to love on them, let them know we're not going to let them go through this by themselves. And so he says, he was ailing to suffer afflictions with the people of God that uh, than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Verse number 26, esteeming thereof uh, of, of Christ uh, greater riches. See, Moses, because of his faith, understood that uh, sin was fun for a season. He could have got some benefits out of sinning, but he chose not to sin. Why? Because he knew something far greater was waiting for him if he continued to be a faithful servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's promises for us tonight as well. We, we, we are able to suffer some things. There's some things that we're just not going to participate in. Now, some things, not all of that would be bad, but some of us have chose because of our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that there are just some things that we're going to go ahead and put off to the side. Why? Because we know that if we continue to serve the Lord Jesus Christ, we will be rewarded one day, and our reward that we're going to get there far exceeds what any kind of reward you can get down here. And so he says, of the greater riches uh, than the treasures in Egypt, for he, uh, ha- for he had uh, respect unto uh, the recompense of the reward. In verse 27, it says, by faith. Notice every verse is starting by faith, by faith, by faith. By faith, uh, he uh, forsook Egypt now, Egypt, when you see it in the Bible, Egypt is always a, uh, a picture, if you will, uh, of the world. And so what he's talking about here is that he forsook the world. He, he forsook what the world was have to offer. Now, those of us who are people of faith, there's just some things that we should not gravitate towards. The world has all kinds of uh, uh, things that can allure us. There's a whole lot of things that we can be tempted of. We talked about that Wednesday night. But we're because of our faith, we're able to walk away from that because we realize that what the world has to offer is temporary in nature. But what God has in store for us is eternal. Okay? And so he says, uh, and he was not uh, fearing the wrath of the king. Now, he's, he knows that there's going to be some backlash. He knows that because he's going against the grain, because he's going against the world system, young people, you need to understand tonight, you just need to go ahead and get this settled, that you're going to have to make some stand in some things, and you're going to have to go with what God says and not back up on that. Now, you're going to, Rick, you're going to get consequences of that. You could be that a teacher's going to go ahead and give you a harder time than he does everybody else because he does not agree with what you're saying to him. But I want you to know, when you are going against what God says, you're 
you're going to be in good company and God will reward you for that and you need to go ahead and make a stand right. You need to make a decision right now that you're not going to back up, you're not going to shut up, and you're not going to apologize because you have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And when they try to cram that mess that is contrary to the Word of God, you go ahead and make a stand for that and you can go ahead and suffer the consequences. But my dear friend, God will honor that. And so you, you stay there. Now, you be respectful. I'm not saying you need to be mean and ask about it. But if you get something in the classroom that's contrary to the Word of God, you stand up for that. And one of our problems is we haven't took a stand in some things. And we've backed up on some things. And we went ahead and we bought into being politically correct. And we went and bought in where we want to be tolerable. Uh, I want you to know those people that are crying out, we're intolerable. What about their tolerance when it comes to the things of God? So so he goes, now this is not in my sermon. I don't know how all that. I just had to get out there. So he says... And after the fear, fearing of the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him. Now watch this. Here's what kept Moses going. The reason why he could make a stand. Young people, the reason why he could make a stand. Well, listen to what it says. He endured. He was able to go ahead and face it head on. He endured because as seeing him who is invisible. In other words, he's saying, I can't touch Jesus. I can't wrap my arms around Jesus, but I know Jesus because of my faith. And I'm seeing what others say is invisible and others say it doesn't even exist. I understand that he's my Lord and my Savior. I understand I wasn't there at Calvary when He died for me, but because of my faith, I accepted that He did die for my sins. He did bled my sins. I wasn't there at the tomb, but because of my faith, I realized and I hold firm to the fact that He was raised in the third day. And I didn't see Him. I don't see Him sitting at the right hand of the Father, but because of my faith, I see Him as if He was sitting right here today. But I'm telling you, we may not see Him now, but we will see Him And we will see Him in all of His glory, in all of His splendor. And when you see Jesus then, you will not be ashamed that you took a stand for the Lord Jesus Christ. And you didn't back up when they said to back up. You didn't shut up when they told you to shut up. Because of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, one day you will get your reward. Woo! Praise God! Man! That ought to get you stirred. Folks, we ought to be able to... Here's why. We've cowered down way too long. Now, I'm not saying we're mean and we're not going to be abrasive. We're not supposed to be ugly about it. But there's just some things we don't need to back up on. And so he sees it goes in verse number 28. He says, through faith, he, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. Look at verse 29. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians, saying to do, were drowned. And so here, by just by the grace of God, in just a few moments that we have together, we're going to look at uh, Moses. Now, if you had to put a title on this uh, message, it's a very simple title. It's the faith of Moses. 
I couldn't come up with nothing, you know, a little more clever than that, but I think that kind of explains it. Here, biblical faith, we need to understand. We've talked about it quite a bit. But biblical faith is obeying God despite the circumstances and the consequences. That's biblical faith. Moses is a beautiful picture of that definition. And we also understand that uh, as we are uh, coming and we're going through this journey of life, our life is made up of many decisions. We make decisions every day, do we not? We, we make decisions on a, a minute by minute, uh, sometimes second by second. But we understand that life and, uh, and life is full of decisions. In Greek, uh, the Greeks uh, back uh, sometime, they had a statue. And they had this statue and it was called the Statue of Opportunity. And this statue, if you know anything about uh, Greek uh, history and whatnot, this was a very unusual statue. Uh, the front part of the statue had long, flowing, wavy hair. But the back of it was bald. And here's how they thought. This was Greek thinking back then. They uh, called the statue opportunity. And they believed that opportunities would come to you. And you could, uh, you could grab hold of those opportunities. They were trying to say that when opportunity knocks, uh, you need to embrace that. But then they also believed uh, that when opportunity would pass them by, there was no way that they'd make a, another decision. Say, oh wait, I don't want that opportunity to go by. But when you went back, there was nothing to grab hold of. Isn't that how opportunities come our way as well? Opportunity comes to us and we can either embrace it or we can let it go. But once you make that decision, you cannot recount that decision. Because after the opportunity has passed you by, you can't grab it. That's the reason why, because of us as being people of faith, we understand that when God brings opportunity, we need to seize that opportunity while we can. Uh, young people, and, I, and I'm, this is not a sermon uh, uh, just for our young people, but young people especially, you're going to understand as you continue to grow that opportunities are going to be coming your way. And, and you're going to either make a choice. We all make this, this, uh, choices. And that choice is that when that opportunity comes, the first and foremost thing that you must do is you must seek God's will and you need to talk to Jesus about this opportunity. You don't decide upon yourself, hey, this is, sounds like a good idea. I'll go ahead and grab hold of that. Because that'll get you in trouble. See, understand, when God gives you an opportunity and you know if it's of God, you better embrace it because He will only let it pass by you one time. And how tragic it would be that we live at the end of our life. We, uh, they'll say, well, how was your life? And you'll say, well, I had this regret and I had this regret. God does not want us, when it comes to our time, uh, to leave this old world that we look back and we had regrets. And so here, by faith, we, we see opportunities come our way. But also notice uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse number 19. In Deuteronomy 30, 19, it says this. It says, I call heaven and earth as my witnesses, 
And I set before thee life and death. I set before thee blessing and cursing. And then at the end of that verse it says, choose life. See, your faith will dictate how you make decisions. Never ever make a decision without you seeking God's will and praying about it and going ahead and getting godly counsel. Young people, here again, I'm not trying to target you tonight, but I want there there's a room full of people of wisdom and maturity. It would do you wise when you have an opportunity or the decision that you need to make. Of course, you consult your mom and dad first and foremost. But also, you need to look around this room and you know the ones that have wisdom and you need to probably go and say, hey, I'd just like to talk to you. I have this opportunity. Could you just go ahead and give me uh, your advice upon that? There will be many that are here tonight that will be happy young people to give you some advice and to give you wisdom wisdom because they probably wish they were able to go to someone for that wisdom because they can tell you by experience this is what you need to watch out for because I didn't consult others I didn't consult God and here's the circumstances I'm in even today because of making poor decisions okay and so we go and see that first and foremost Moses his was influenced by his family now, we've already read the text, but understand uh, the Bible says that uh, Moses was born. Now, the decree, the command went out. And here was the command that all the babies that were being born, they were, uh, they were telling them to drown them in the Nile. There was an overpopulation and uh, they thought that was the best thing to do. Sort of like where we're at with our issue with abortion. There are many who say, well, we got too many people. In China, even more so, where sterilization and all that. Well, I just need to remind us, and I need to remind them as well, we do not have that power of life or death. Only God has that call. And so here, but though, they were going to drown these babies. Well, uh, Moses, his parents made a decision. They understood that this child was a proper child. This was a, a very special gift from God. In Acts chapter 7 verse number 20, the Bible tells us that at this time of Moses' birth, it pleased God. Now that promise is not only reserved for Moses, but every child that has been born, it has pleased God. Why? Because God is the giver of life. And so Moses' parents, they had a decision. They could go ahead and go what uh, the king said, or they'll go by what their faith dictated. They went by what their faith detected. And it goes on and says, they were not afraid of the king. Now, why is that? Because faith always will cancel out fear. Faith will cancel out fear. And so that's exactly what they did. But listen to the rest of the story. It's a beautiful story. You're all familiar with the story. But uh, they placed uh, Moses in the basket there on the Nile, close by where Pharaoh's daughter would bathe. So here comes this little basket of joy. She sees it. She takes it. And she takes them home. And she proceeds to raise little Moses. But then Miriam 
that's Moses' sister, started talking to her and says, you know, you, you need someone to nurse him. So she said, I agree to that and said, you're exactly right. I, I need someone to nurse then. So a call went out and they found a lady who answered the call. That lady's name was Jochebed. That was Moses' mama. Now, some people say that was a coincidence. I say that's an act of faith. And so here we see uh, the family faith. We've already talked about this, but many of us, if not all of us, are here because of a family influence. Maybe you were raised in a Christian home. Mom and dad were believers. And you saw pictures of faith. Maybe it was your grandparents. Maybe it was an encore. Whoever the case may be, you were able to see what faith looks like in action. Moses, because of his journey, he came to realize uh, very early on, he saw what faith looked like. Now, he might not have described it. He might not uh, could explain it. But he saw it in picture. He saw it in living color. And so uh, he goes on and we see that, uh, of course, he grows up in the family and uh, he now has an opportunity. He has an opportunity to come back. We've already talked about this. We also see now the influence of faith. It was Moses' faith. Moses was raised up and he, he left, but he could have easily stayed But he chose not to stay. Why? Because of his faith. He decided that he would go ahead and suffer. And the uh, children of God were suffering at this time. time. And so uh, Moses says, I'm going to, no, no, I'm not going to go. Uh, So he surrendered. We see Moses had to surrender. When you're walking in faith, there are some things you're going to have to surrender Young people, there's going to be times when you're going to have to surrender pleasure. Some of us, we're going to have to surrender promotion. You're in a company, and the company wants to promote you. And you find out what the gist of the... It could be that they're requiring that you're going to have to wine and dine clients. But because of your faith, you do not drink alcoholic beverages... And so you say, I just can't be a part of that. And you mean you're going to turn down this kind of money? Yeah. Yeah. Young people, you're going, you mean that that may mean that I'm going to have to miss a ball game? Yeah. Yeah. But here's what Moses is teaching us. Because of that, you're going to be rewarded even greater than you realize. But you're going to have to go and be intentional with that. You need to go ahead and decide now, not until you get in the heat of the battle. You need to decide now, there's just some things I'm not going to back up. And I'm willing to surrender my promotions. I'm ready to surrender my pleasure. I'm ready to surrender my relationship. Maybe you're here tonight. Maybe you're dating someone. And they're not a believer. Well, you know, Brother Mike, what's wrong with that? I'm, I'm trying to work on them. Well, they're also going to be working on you. Now, say, what do you mean I'm just, supposed, I'm just supposed to go ahead and call this thing off? Yeah, you're getting it now. 
Yeah, go ahead and call the thing off. Well, you don't understand. He's the quarterback of the football team. He's good looking. And he's been awfully nice to me. Who are you going to stand with? Your quarterback or the Lord Jesus? See, this, this is faith. We're talking faith here. We're talking about eternal things. And so maybe you're here tonight and you have an opportunity to take a job and it's going to take you away from your family more than you really are comfortable with. And then you start taking, uh, talking to your wife and talking to the kids and say, now understand, I'm going to be missing out some ball games. I'm going to be missing out some things. I'll be home on weekends though. Now I'm not here to say that you're not supposed to take a job and I'm not saying not. But what I'm saying is the decision you make ought to be based on your faith. Does that mean that I'm going to spend less time with my children? Yeah. Well, what's more important? The money that I'm going to make. So I can go ahead and make up for my lack of absence. I'll go ahead and pay them off with nice clothes and nice shoes. We're just getting real. We're we're talking about making decisions based upon your faith. And I know many of you have made those sacrifices. You see, we can make a lot better. We could get a bigger house. Why do you need a bigger house? We could have nicer cars. Why don't we need to have a nicer car? We could have that bass boat I've always wanted. Why do you need all of that? When you, when you put it side by side, where is the greatest benefits? And you instilling your faith and showing your kids what conviction looks like or going ahead and trying to appease them by giving them a bunch of stuff that they probably won't appreciate on down the road and that's probably going to get them in trouble on down the road because they're now they're going to start working for somebody that doesn't do that and they're getting ticked off and say, well, you know what? I've always gotten what I want to and they have their little tantrum tantrums and they go and wallow in the floor and say, that's not fair, that's not fair and now you look back and say, how did that child get there? Because of your decision. Because of your decision. We need to base all of our decisions by faith. And so that's exactly what Moses did. Moses says... I'm going to give up what I can have down here because I know what I'm going to get there is far, far greater. But then it goes on. We see it in John chapter 8, verse number 56. John 8, 56, it says, notice here the faith chain. He says here that your father Abraham rejoiced when he saw me in my day. See, what he's talking about here is that Abraham, some 400 years earlier, exercised his faith. When he took Isaac, and he he didn't know how God was going to provide, but he, he went by faith, and of course he saw where God provided for him. And so now we start to see how that's being passed on from generation to generation to generation to generation. Now Moses, the decision that his parents made is because they saw the Messiah. They saw that something greater was going to come along. And so they said, we're going to go by faith. See, the life of believers, the Christian uh, life, it's always been a life of faith. We exercise faith. But then we go on and see, 
as he talks about that, verses 24 through 26 now, we see that uh, he uh, didn't want to take the easy life, so he made the choices because of his faith. But then we go on and see uh, Jim Elliott. Jim Elliott was a great missionary of uh, yesterday, and he made this statement. He says, a man is no fool. A man is no fool when he gives up what he cannot keep in order to gain what he cannot lose. That's faith. A man would be foolish to do something like this. Moses understood that. Uh, and, but we also see that uh, he said that he was able to serve afflictions. He was okay with that because of his faith. But then he moves on and we see, and in Job chapter 20, verse number 5, Job 25 says it this way. He says, the wicked, the wicked will be short-lived. Their wickedness is going to be short-lived. But then he goes on and says uh, that those who have not trusted and lived by faith, their, their time of pleasure is just for a season. Young people, here again, I'm not picking on you. But you're going to be tempted, and you already have been tempted, of doing some things that you know are wrong. Smoke a little weed. Got a party Friday night. Going to have beer, liquor. Come on over. Now, I don't know about that. Everybody's going to be there. I've heard, I heard that all through school. Everybody's going to be there. Not everybody's going to be there. Not everybody's going to be there. And, and, and so it's going to be tempting. And, and I'm, I'm, let's, let's just speak real honest. It's kind of fun. It's kind of fun to sin. I mean, you know, you 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 know, you know, you go and you're a little you're a little uh, shy like that, but you you go ahead and knock you down one of them uh, tall boys, and you start feeling pretty good about yourself. You know, you think you can you can dance, and uh, you think you can do this, and uh, you're, you're you're now you're getting a little you're a little, getting a little bolder now, and you're thinking, hey, this stuff ain't that bad. You know, we're having a few laughs, having a good time, and that next one goes down. You're having a little good time. I'm telling you, uh, it, it's, it can be fun for a season. For a season. And if you continue doing that, you will pay the consequences. I can tell you, and I've already alluded to this, I lived in an alcoholic family. And I saw my dad drunk every single day. He'd get off from work. Uh, he'd start drinking on the way from work. By the time he got home, uh, even before a meal, he was out there laid out on the couch. I saw that on a continual basis. And, and I said, you know what? I'm not going to touch that stuff. I ain't touching that stuff. I'll see what the problems is. And then I got into high school and I got invited to a party. Next thing you know, there I am. I'm going down the same road my daddy went in. My dad had to go to rehab twice. Because what started out as fun now is fixing to bust up his family and fixing to lose his job. Sin's good and fun for a season, but it will haunt you and it will destroy you and it will cause death. 
And so we understand we're looking around saying, well, I want to have fun too. And everybody talks about how great of a party it was. Oh, you missed it, man. Next time we have one, you got to be coming. And so now we start to see how that temptation lies. But because of your faith, your faith will help you to recognize, yeah, it may be fun for a season, but what I have waiting for me from my Lord Jesus Christ will last for all eternity. And so... Moses, it's different. But we also see the future influence. The last part, verses going into verse 26 through, through verse 28. It says, Vance Havner said this about it, about Moses. He said, Moses saw the invisible and he did the impossible because of his faith. May I remind you, because of his faith, we all know the story of how Moses led the children out of Egypt. I don't know about you, but can you imagine as Moses is talking to God and and Moses is obedient to God and and, and, uh, God said, this is how we're going to do this. By faith, he went. And could you imagine when they got to the Red Sea and that Red Sea parted? Now, I know what the History Channel says about the Red Sea and where they crossed was probably up to their ankles, but you need to understand that's not right. And that's not right. And so he saw that. Could you imagine? Can you imagine he saw this awesome sight? You think maybe this? Boy, I'm sure glad I stuck with the Lord. Because if I hadn't stuck with the Lord, I wouldn't have never seen something like this. My dear friend, that's how we ought to live here as the people of faith of the Hillcrest Baptist Church. We need to live by faith and we need to make the right decisions and we need to not go into the path that everybody else tells us that we need to go. I'm hearing it every day. I see it all the time. This is how you need to do church now. You need to dress down. You need to dummy it down. And you need to make it as comfortable as you can because people want to be comfortable. You be sure and you get you a, a Starbucks out there and uh, you make sure, uh, matter of fact, it probably wouldn't be a bad idea to go ahead and get some lazy boys in your sanctuary so they can just go ahead and kick back and they can drink their coffee and you get up on your little stool and you don't go ahead and, and you don't preach about sin. You don't preach about if you're lost, you're going to go to hell. You don't do anything because people don't want to hear that. And so we're seeing now many, many, many so-called churches, that's exactly what they're doing. And then we want why they never see the manifestation of a holy God moving in their midst because God will not move in something like that because God is looking for people of faith and they're looking at people that says he can do the impossible I believe he can do in the possible I don't have to try to explain away what the scriptures are saying and that's what many of our preachers so called preachers are doing today they're dumbing it down they're taking stuff out they're, they're, they're adding stuff and I'm telling you we need to stay by the the book. We need to preach it from front to backwards, even when it's controversial, even when it may rub somebody the wrong way. I'm telling you, God will reward and God will honor the preaching of His holy word. And we don't need to have a bunch of backup and a bunch of those that we don't say anything and we just don't want to rock the boat and we want to make everything hovy dovey. And I have nothing against having love and, 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 and loving on us, but I'm telling you, uh, uh, that people of faith there's some things that we're going to have to battle and there's some things that we don't need to back up on and one of those is how 
people get saved. Because there's a new way to get them saved now. You don't even have to do an invitation. Last time I checked, Jesus gave an invitation. I said, well, we we don't want to do that because that puts people on the spot. Jesus put people on the spot. Jesus, remember when he says, who do you say I am? I don't know about you, but that kind of puts somebody on the spot, wouldn't it? I've got Brother Rob, and I said, Brother Rob, who's Jesus to you? Now, I probably wouldn't yell out right there, but who's Jesus to you? Well, you know, no, 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 no. It's not what I, what I say. What, I, what do you think he is? That's putting him on the spot, isn't it? Jesus did it. Apostle Paul, he put people on the spot. The disciples, they put people on the spot. The Bible quite clear is that if you're ashamed of him, he'll be ashamed of you. We still give open invitations. Don't see us stopping that. Why? Because it's Bible. Jesus always gave a public invitation. Just write your card out. They say, well, you know, and we've had preachers who say they're Christian preachers. Say they preach the Bible. But when you ask them, is Jesus the only way? They back up on it. They'll give, they'll, 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 they'll go around it and say, well, they might be, you might not want to go that way. It'd be okay if he went this way. Jesus was quite clear on that. He says, I am the way. How do you get around that? And so here we see in Psalms 27, and I'm going to close. In Psalms 27, 1, listen to what the psalmist says. He says, the Lord is my light and he is my salvation. Whom shall I fear? If Jesus is your light and Jesus is your salvation, you shouldn't have no fear, right? But then he goes on and says that he is my strength and because of that, I will not be afraid. Church, here's what we need to understand. When we go with the right attitude and when we make decisions based upon our faith, we shouldn't be ashamed of that and we shouldn't fear what they'll do. That's what the psalmist said. He says, is he your light? Yeah, he's my light. Is he your salvation? Well, yeah, then what you've got to fear. What are they going to do to you? Now, understand, we say and talk about persecution quite a bit, but we in America do not realize or comprehend what real persecution really is. Getting cussed out is not persecution. Getting a door slammed in your face is not persecution. Not someone disagreeing with you is not persecution. We're talking about where you could lose your very life because you make a stand for the Lord Jesus Christ. And there are believers all around the world who are willing, who are willing to lose their very life because of their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because they're saying, what's the worst thing they can do to me? Cut my head off? Hey, they cut my head off. I'm going to be with Jesus. Not a bad place to be. But here we have gotten so prosperous and we've gotten so comfortable in our churches here 
that we're afraid for uh, somebody to cuss us. Listen, I've been cussed by the best. I'm just telling you. And we're afraid that somebody's going to cuss us out because we made a stand for our faith and we call it persecution? That's an insult to those who've lost their lives. They lost their heads. They lost their life because they would not, not denounce their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But we get like, oh man, I don't know. I don't want to get cut out. I don't want nobody to disagree with me. What are you afraid of? Is Jesus really your salvation? Is he really your strength? Is he really your life? Well, yeah. Then why do you back up when you have an opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ? Why do we cower down when someone opposes us? Why do we afraid we're going to rock the boat when we make statements like the Muslim faith is a false religion? Why do we get upset when we say Mormons are not saved? Why do we make a statement that Jehovah Witnesses, that's not the gospel, they're not believers? I'm telling you, and we don't need to be mean and cruel, but what's wrong with us? If we really believe that Jesus Christ is the only way, why do we back up? What are we afraid of? But that's exactly where we're at. Moses, he obeyed God in spite of the circumstances and the consequences, the question for us tonight is, are we willing to do likewise?